0: Sunday was filled with dodged injury bullets across NFL's training camp practices. We'll take a look at some of the big ones on today's episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome to the start of another week here fantasy football in 15 at The Athletic. I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR. We've got, what, two full weeks left before the football season is here. Very exciting times. Draft season now really picking up in a big way. How are you doing today?
1: Doing really well. Still enjoying the last couple weeks of summer as well. And Excited to have draft season really ramp up though in the next couple of weeks. We had a few really early events that I was a part of, the flex leagues that our friend Jake Seely puts together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a couple other big contests like the Ras Bowl. So just looking forward to my home leagues and uh, some of the other more competitive leagues that I take part in every year.
0: Same, same. I've got four more drafts coming my way. Most of them coming in that last week of August, first week of September. So very excited for everything. That is coming our way, football-related, over these next few weeks. Uh, let's talk about all the news that we had on Sunday. Of course, Sunday got off to a uh, inauspicious start with the news that there were a number of COVID nineteen positive tests. I think there was eight teams that had to at least can uh, delay, if not outright cancel, their practices on Sunday. Turns out that most of those positives all came from a lab in New Jersey, and most of those coming back as false positives. So crisis averted for the NFL. In a way, there's maybe a silver lining here that it was good that they had this experience During the preseason, obviously, there is a likelihood that there is going to be something along these lines happen in the regular season, whether it's this, fingers crossed, false positives or actual positives. So a little bit of a test run for the NFL. Once we got that out of the way, out of the news on Sunday, there's quite a bit of fantasy relevant news to talk about. The first, the big one. Lamar Jackson dealing with a soft tissue injury, according to John Harbaugh. Uh, he hasn't practiced for the team's last two practices. Now at this point, DVR, obviously far too early to say, uh-oh, move Lamar down your draft boards. But we have a two-prong question to get to here. First When do you start to get worried about this being a thing? When do you need to see him back in the practice field before you aren't worried about Lamar Jackson? And second, and probably more importantly, does just this specter of injury and soft tissue injury for a player with his skill set concern you about drafting him, period, this year?
1: It's definitely the type of injury that you worry about being a possible lingering issue, right? If it's a soft tissue injury, and by that it means a strained hamstring or something, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson, obviously... Does a lot with his arm, but he also does a ton with his legs. And that would really change his game considerably if he had to work almost exclusively as a pocket passer, at least for a stretch of the season. It would just change the way defenses play against him. So I think that's something that you have to account for. But at the same time, I think I like enough about what we saw from him as a passer where I'm not expecting him to completely fall apart if that scenario plays out. So I think the time that I'd begin to worry is probably at least a full week from now. I think if we get to that last week of practices prior to week one, and he's still limited and there's still some uncertainty about his availability for the start of the season, then maybe we're talking about small downgrades down the board, but nothing massive without any sort of timetable or clarity on what exactly the problem is. I think we're still early enough where we don't have to go overboard making an adjustment here.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I'm not worried about him now. But a week from now, if you and I are still talking about this, if we have to come back on next Monday's show and say Lamar's still not practicing, that's when I do start to get worried. And I feel like it's almost as though... At that point, he is almost off the board for me in any drafts that are coming up that happen pre-good news, pre-he's-back or anything like that just because of the risk and the cost that is associated with Lamar Jackson. And let's remember, as great as Lamar Jackson was in 2019, part of the reason he was such a great fantasy player is because of where you got him in your draft. Same goes for Patrick Mahomes in 2018. These guys were going to be great. Those stats were there no matter what. But it would have been way different. They wouldn't have been quite the league winners they were if you had to take them where you now have to take them in 2020 or where you had to take Mahomes in 2019 and also... In 2020. So that is something to remember here. This position, this quarterback position, very deep and as great as Lamar Jackson is, as truly unique as Lamar Jackson is. If there is any extra risk of injury, you might want to reconsider him unless you are getting a discount. Some other pieces of news that we have coming from Sunday the Ravens in the news still for releasing Earl Thomas. This was a relationship between player and team that had obviously gone way too far Earl Thomas is not going to be unemployed for long uh, but a surprise even with the way this relationship had gone to see him get released Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman not practicing for the Jets the Brashad Perriman injury undisclosed Denzel Mims has been out for a while now with that hamstring injury so something to keep in mind he is a late round flyer type at the wide receiver position Brandon Ayuk we also talked about him on an episode last week he is dealing with a minor hamstring injury, could be in line for a bigger role early on in this offense, depending on what happens with Debo Samuel and his foot injury. But now he's dealing with a hamstring injury, going to be missing some valuable reps for a rookie over this next couple of days, at the very least, you would have to imagine, at 49ers camp. Bigger wide receiver news comes from Los Angeles, Mike Williams. Getting his shoulder checked out, he landed very hard, apparently, going up, trying to make a catch in practice on Sunday. Early news is good news for him. He got the collarbone checked out on Sunday, and all of that ended up checking out fine. No broken collarbone, nothing to worry about there, so it appears he has avoided serious injury. He is going to get more tests, however, on Monday, so we will keep an eye on that. DVR, let's say this comes back clean. Mike Williams misses a couple of days of practice, but is all good Where is he on your board?
1: You know, I haven't drafted him in any of the leagues I've been in so far, and I think part of the concern for me is that I don't know if this Chargers team is going to be a high-volume passing game. We've talked about Tyrod Taylor and how he never really had good weapons to work with during his time in Buffalo, and expecting efficiency to be a problem is probably not fair, given that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry are a trio of weapons that are just way better than anything he's ever had before. But that being said, I mean, you're still looking at a guy in Williams who last year only caught 49 passes. He got over 20 yards per catch last year. The TD thing's fluky. I mean, look, two touchdowns on 49 catches is just weird. There's no reason why Mike Williams can't be a red zone threat. He's huge. He's 6'4", 220, right? Like, there's no physical concern there about how he's going to be used in those spots. So I think that's pretty much a bad luck sort of thing that will regress back to the norm. But... If he's healthy, if he's fine, I think Mike Williams, to me, is consistently like a fringy top 100 overall guy, which I think is right around ADP. I'm comfortable taking him there. I just don't feel like he's a great bargain. I feel like he's a player that the market sort of has right based on the expectations.
0: I totally agree with you. He feels like a properly priced guy. I'm not going to reach for him, but if I can get him at ADP, I am happy to take him at ADP. I know I said this on one of our shows. I can't remember if it was a fantasy football in 15 or... Or an athletic fantasy football podcast, but it bears repeating no matter which show it was on. Uh, even, no matter what Tyrod Taylor did in Buffalo, one thing he did do was help produce Sammy Watkins' best season of his career back in 2015. That was Tyrod's first year as the starter in Buffalo. Sammy Watkins caught 60 passes for 1,047 yards and nine touchdowns. Mike Williams and Sammy Watkins, not a one for one type of player or type of comparison, at least in terms of the way that they are physically built, but they are both. Earners. They both can get down the field. They can both make a big plays deep down the field. So maybe that ends up being a good thing, making the move from Phillip Rivers to Tyrod Taylor for. Mike Williams. A few other pieces of news here. Uh, Some news coming from our beat reporters at The Athletic. First, James Washington, according to Mark Cabali, our Steelers beat reporter, has an invaluable skill set for this Steelers team. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, they are the one-two unquestioned, and Cabali said that to us uh, on our episode with him when we were checking in on the Steelers, but Neither of those guys do what James Washington does. James Washington remains one of my favorite late round guys to target because of the way he can stretch the field for the Steelers. Theo Riddick made a little bit of news after signing with the Raiders according to our Vic Tafer. This is just a depth signing. We know what Theo Riddick is uh, at any point of his career. Now he's a little bit older. Josh Jacobs no concerns. He is the workhorse for the Raiders. JJ Ortega-Whiteside has stood out thus far in a Philadelphia camp. This according to our Bo Wolf. Of course, that is a totally unsettled wide receiver depth chart. Alshon Jeffrey still injured. Deshaun Jackson, never really know with him. We know that it's going to be the tight ends and Miles Sanders who lead that team offensively, both uh, on the ground in Sanders' case and through the air for the tight ends and in Sanders' case. But still, that is a team that is begging for a wide receiver to break through, so maybe Ortega Whiteside ends up factoring into your late-round decisions. Now let's go over to New England, where James White missed practice on Sunday with an undisclosed injury. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple of other players. It wouldn't be an episode of Fantasy Football on 15 DVR if we didn't get a little Damian Harris mention. Everyone's late-summer guy to have standing out in every facet of the running back position. This according to our Jeff Howe. Is anything going to convince you to bump Damian Harris up your list, DVR?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think these types of reports, if you continue seeing and hearing things like this all the way up until the end of draft season, he's going to creep up the board. And it makes sense just because of usage. But my ongoing concern with Damian Harris is that he could basically fall into the Sony Michelle role. And that means he's not catching a lot of passes because that's James White's function in the offense. And it means he might be very game script dependent as well, which, you know, maybe in the current iteration of the Patriots is less of a concern because they are going to be more balanced. I think Cam Newton's going to be fine. I think he's going to be the starter. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But as I look at Harris, I mean, I don't see any reason why he can't be like an RB25, RB30 this season. But I think they'd have to get him more involved in the passing game than I expect him to be if he's going to be more than that. So kind of a low-end RB2, maybe a solid RB2 once we get to the bye weeks kind of feels like the ceiling for me with Harris.
0: Everyone's getting so excited about him. It's almost as though the more excited people get about him, the less excited I get about having him on my fantasy team because I think we're ultimately going to get to a point where the price is just going to be ridiculous. I mean, if he is end up getting drafted as a low end RB2 high end RB3, which is it seems as though the 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 direction in which he is heading, it's just going to be I I think a, a prohibitive cost on draft day. This is still an offense that I am not very sure about. I totally trust Bill Belichick. I don't think this is going to be a bad team. I think the Patriots deserve to be considered the favorites in the AFC East notwithstanding the season that the Bills had a year ago. But I don't think this is an offense that I really am all that excited about investing in. I think it's going to be a team that wins games by slowing them down, by leaning on that defense that was very strong last year and brought back a lot of the key players from that unit. And I don't think it's one that is going to be that lucrative from a fantasy perspective. So the more Damian Harris love that we hear, the more I am ending up fading him because I think he is going to end up ultimately Being overpriced. You hinted at Cam Newton. Let's talk about him really quickly here. Uh, He is uh, apparently the inside track starter. No surprise there. They have been saying this is a competition between Newton and Jared Stidham, but Cam Newton, apparently the job is his to lose, which I think we were all assuming uh, the moment they signed him, let alone now that we are a few weeks Into camp. Where is your interest level on Cam Newton? He is in that big glut of mid-tier quarterbacks going at about the same area where you see guys like Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff come off the board. What's your interest level on Cam?
1: It's really high because I think you get him outside the top 10 at the position, but he could easily be top 5 at the position. We've seen him do it before. The idea that he wasn't the favorite from the moment he signed with the Patriots always... Made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, not buying. <laughs> why on earth would Jared Stidham be ahead of him? Like, there's no reason that Stidham would be the guy if Cam Newton's healthy. That was the only thing that could possibly lead the Patriots to go that route in week one. So, look, this is trusting Belichick. This is trusting Cam as a guy who's... Won an MVP award not that long ago, and just the floor that comes with being a quarterback who can do as much as Cam can do with his legs. He could be the guy that makes Damian Harris less valuable because a lot of times in the red zone, he can call his own number. You know, like that's a major threat to a backfield when you have a quarterback as gifted as Cam Newton is. So I like him quite a bit where he's going. I do like to pair him with one of those more established pocket passers that you described, like at the discounted Ben Roethlisberger, I think makes a perfect sense uh, for, for pairing him with, with Newton. Because if things for some reason don't work out, if the shoulder becomes a problem over the course of the season, if other injuries become an issue, you don't want to be completely unprotected at the quarterback position. I do think there's enough injury risk with Cam where you don't want to just draft him as your only QB and be left to the devices of the waiver wire, Uh, at least if you're in a league with 12-plus teams, maybe in an 8-team league or a 10-team league, you can get away with something like that.
0: Yeah, I am not really in on Cam, which you probably could have guessed after what I said about Damian Harris. I'll just say really quickly, because we're running out of time here, that – what concerns me is this team as a whole, just this offense, and you know Cam is even when he was at his height was never a guy who you pointed to as an ideal passer in the NFL, and I think without a true number one receiver, that some of those flaws could show up. Of course, the injury history concerns me as well. There is one per, one last piece of uh, news I do want to touch on. We got to get through it really quick. Daryl Henderson suffered a hamstring injury in practice on uh, Sunday. Right now, they're already saying on track for Week One, which is not what you want to hear coming out of uh, of practice when we're still two weeks away from week one, really three weeks away for for the Rams. Um, Does this change the way you look at the Rams' backfield at all?
1: It does make me a little more likely to draft Cam Akers, whereas before he was the guy that I was just kind of sidestepping at ADP, not because I don't think he could be the guy, but I think it's because I believe that Henderson, having a little experience in that system, was going to be enough of a, a timeshare threat to really limit Akers ceiling early on this season. So it's a slight bump up for Cam Akers based on what we know right now.
0: Yeah, and we'll be watching this one closely, of course, if this is something where they're still saying on track at best in a week. And you know, now it's looking like week two a couple of weeks from now. Definitely could change the game for Cam Acres, That will do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Rate, review, subscribe. You know the deal there. Also, we still got that 40% off deal running. Go to the slash football in 15. Get yourself 40% off your first year subscription to The Athletic. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 we will be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.